coming up on Philosophy Talk. We're alike, you and I, full of passion for what matters, so we can fight our way to a better world together. Some philosophers think morality boils down to making the world better for everyone. But who counts in everyone? Babies? Animals? Future people? What does that say? What man is a man who does not make the world better? How can we even tell what makes the world better for someone else? The only thing I ever wanted was a better world for the both of you. Do you have a moral plan? Doing good and living in accordance with your values does make people feel better and enjoy their life more. Our guest is acclaimed moral philosopher Peter Singer, author of Ethics in the Real World. I think that philosophy has made a real difference in that area. And I can Making a Better World, coming up on Philosophy Talk. Can philosophy help us become better people? What can ethics tell us about ending poverty and suffering? Are thought experiments ever relevant to real life? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Accept your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco Bay Area. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy, and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today, we're thinking about making a better world. Ray, I'm telling you, making a better world would be a wonderful thing. And you know what? I think we need philosophers to help us do that. Ah, come on, Josh. What are you talking about? Some of the worst people I know are philosophers. They're the last people we should be taking moral advice from. I, what do you mean? I, I think you must be hanging out with the wrong philosophers. There are tons of thinkers out there who've not just had good ideas, but used them to change the world for the better. I, I mean, think about Du Bois, who played such a crucial role in the civil rights movement. Or Hannah Arendt, who helped organize reparations for Jews after World War II. Yeah, Josh, not all philosophers are bad, but what I'm saying is that philosophers aren't any better than other people. I mean, there have been some terrible ones, too. Like John Stuart Mill, he talked a good game about freedom, but he was just in bed with the East India Company. Why should we listen to him? Well, maybe because it's do as I say, not do as I do. I feel like we can reject Mill's career while still learning something important from his ideas. And if we want to make the world a better place, it's going to help us if we listen to interesting folks like him. Okay, but there are also tons of philosophers whose ideas are bad, not just their actions. L like Immanuel Kant, he said that women were not fully rational beings. A and David Hume said that black people are naturally inferior to white people. These are not ideas we should be living by. Well, I agree with that. I mean, those are obviously terrible beliefs. But, but the point of studying moral philosophy isn't just to pick up a bunch of ideas, uh, even in the cases where the ideas are good. It's also to sharpen our skills of moral reasoning. And if we want that better world we're talking about, we're going to need to think critically, think carefully, think insightfully about all the problems we face. Okay, but if philosophy is such a great tool for thinking insightfully about moral questions, how come it keeps producing bad answers? Kant and Hume were using philosophical reasoning when they came up with their sexist and racist ideas. I don't know. I, I think maybe they were failing to use their reason. That was just prejudice talking. And either way, what's the alternative, Ray? I mean, if you want people to do as much good as possible and you don't want them to be guided by philosophical thinking about ethics, what else is there? I don't know, maybe we could start by actually listening to the people who are most affected by our choices? Moral philosophers just spend so much time on these 
far-fetched thought experiments with trolleys and violinists. They totally miss out on everything that's ethically meaningful about the real world. Well, that sounds good, but when you say listen to the people affected, how are you going to do that? That, that could be millions of people. Okay, yeah, great question, but a lot of the time, moral philosophers don't even consider it. Like in the trolley problem, where you have one person tied to one track, who's going to die if you pull the lever, and five people tied to this other track, who are going to die if you do nothing. Eh. I, I don't get the problem, Ray. I mean, it seems like that thought experiment is all about how people are affected by a decision you're making. What's it getting wrong? Well, the whole setup assumes you know exactly who's affected and, and what the consequences are. In real life, for all you know, the train driver can just throw on the brakes, or, or the whole thing is a stunt for a movie, or, or there are even more potential victims down the track that you, you can't even see. These details are really important, and philosophy doesn't tell you how to think any of them through. Well, I agree with that. I mean, we do need to do actual research to figure out the consequences of our actions for all parties concerned. But still, once we've done that research, we've got to weigh up everybody's needs and everybody's concerns, so we're still going to need moral philosophy. I'm still not convinced, but maybe our guest will convince me. It's the renowned ethicist Peter Singer, author of Ethics in the Real World. Thinking of ethics in the real world, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, to find out how to think about athletes who break the rules. She files this report. Luis Suarez is still known as the devil to soccer fans in Ghana because of his shenanigans during the World Cup semifinals in 2010. Wherever Luis Suarez goes, something seems to happen. It was no different at the 2010 FIFA World Cup South Africa. Unlike other Suarez controversies, this one did not involve biting other players. Suarez was playing for Uruguay, and Ghana was aiming to become the first ever African team to make the Final Four. Here we go. Barcheng's there. Keeper's lost it. Appiah's there. Blocked on the line. Blocked on the line again. With only seconds of extra time left, Ghana took a shot on a goal that should have ended the game. But then Suarez used both of his hands to stop the ball from landing in the net. For the record, Suarez is not a goalie. What drama! It's Suarez on the line, the striker. Look at that as he beats it away, volleyball style. Suarez is off. Ghana went on to lose 4-2, eliminated on a penalty shootout. Suarez was given a red card, but was still proud of himself. He declared, mine is the real hand of God and has refused to apologize since. I don't say the apologize about that because I take the handball, the ball. But uh, the Ghana player uh, missed a penalty, not me. It's not my responsibility to uh, shoot the penalty. It's like, really? That, that doesn't sit with me. And I think it didn't sit with a lot of soccer fans. That's Stephen Moser, a recently retired professor of sports studies at Ithaca College in New York. He's been teaching about ethics and sports for decades. Antics like these frustrate him, but unscrupulous athletes don't surprise him. The offense was so egregious that even the people who play all these games, like tugging jerseys and faking being fouled and flopping and you know writhing on the ground, uh, even they knew that that was diminishing the game experience for everybody. Moser has been cynical about ethics in sports for a long time. This goes back to when he was 13 years old playing first base in a youth baseball game. He missed the runner with the ball and the umpire called the runner out anyway. Until I interjected, but I missed him. 
And the umpire spun around at me and said, one more word out of you and I'm throwing you out of the game. I said, but I missed it. And he threw me out of the game. It's the only time I've ever been thrown out of the game. This was at a Catholic youth baseball organization. And the coach was the parish priest. And he, he shook his head and he says, oh, that's life, Moser. This is sports. Moser had been a good Irish Catholic kid who viewed the rules of the game like the commandments. Now he says society normalizes unethical behavior in sports. Examples are everywhere. Take disgraced cyclist Lance Armstrong, who has admitted to doping. If you take me back to 1995, when it was completely and totally pervasive, I'd probably do it again. People don't like to hear that. But that's the honest answer. Yeah, that's the honest answer. Or the more everyday transgressions, like flopping in basketball. Boy, Alan sold that. But then the, the, the post-reaction, I mean, this is theatrical right here. Watch this. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot, I gotta sell it more. Or the 2018 Australian ball tampering scandal, where Australia's cricket team rubbed a ball with sandpaper. Maybe Lance Armstrong can learn about regret from cricketer Steve Smith, who broke down in tears over that. I'll do everything I can to make up for my mistake and the damage it's caused. A professor of sports ethics at UNC Chapel Hill was tied to this massive cheating scandal in 2014, accused of directing fake courses where athletes could earn fake high grades. You can look at entire sports teams for examples of unfair behavior. Manchester City is accused of more than 100 financial violations. There's so much money involved and so much status that People lose their minds and they lose their moral anchor and they go wherever the dollars take them. Moser says maybe if society tries to teach ethics in youth sports, people will listen when they're adults. But advocating for that is like tilting at windmills, not a game you can win. He likes bowling, though. It's not scandal free, but he says it's pretty boring to watch, which helps keep the money and the greed at bay. He's done it! For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly Chen McDeed. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.